The contents of this show are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Any information on the show does not create a client-therapist relationship and should not be taken as professional advice. Before making any decisions regarding your health care, ask your personal physician or mental health care professional or call 911 for any emergencies. We are three friends exploring connection from the coffee shop to the podcast studio. I'm Amy. I'm Anna. I'm Erin. Hey, we wanted to give you a quick heads up that this episode was recorded before any stay-at-home orders were in place and before we had any idea what the coronavirus would be doing to our lives today. Just something to keep in mind while listening. Also, we have a super cool new way to support the show. For as little as $3 a month, you can become a patron and help us keep doing what we're doing. Patreon.com slash less alone podcast and there's a link on our website right at the top less alone podcast.com all right everybody it is so great to be back in studio and i have to say i've got a nasty cold going on so if anybody if i sneeze or cough or i really hope i don't catch it i know i'm gonna i'm gonna really keep my distance (laughs) thankfully you are across the table through like three microphones. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm really hoping I don't catch it. Just got over a two week old. Two week old. Two week old. Maybe I two caught it long. from you. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hopefully not. Uh, anyway. Anyway. All right. Sorry if you did. So, Ben Higgins. Ben Higgins. Oh, my, my word. goodness. Okay. So, Aaron, you came into the episode a little skeptical. Wait, though. Before we oh. get into it, can okay. we read this really great review? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, Good so we call. thank you. We got a really nice review from K Corvos. Man, thank you, K Corvos. Um, it's called Fun Plus Serious Equals Seriously Fun Podcast. <laughs> Brilliant <laughs> title. Clever. Um, and it says, loved adding the less alone to my podcast rotation this year. The three hosts have an awesome rapport. I love how the conversation topics go from fun and silly to real and deep. The hosts acknowledge they are not experts in connection, but are using this format to, quote, explore connection, which is something that is relevant to literally everyone. Loved season one and enjoying the guest interviews in season two. Thanks for putting this out and into the digital airwaves, ladies. So fun, engaging, and lots of good food for thought. High fives. High fives. Thank you. Yeah, so during that Ben Higgins interview, uh, we closed with asking about the human body 2.0. You're really keeping us on track. I'm all like jumping around. Amy's got it up. Amy's got it. Dialed in. Here we go. Human body 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. So his answer, I was like, oh, man. So good. Gosh, that's so thoughtful. Here, yeah. I'm yeah. thinking my answer would be, I'd add. Well, what is your answer? Okay, well, since you asked, yep. <laughs> I would add, like, a, I was thinking, well, I would add, like, the ability to um, be able to sleep anywhere. 
Yep. Or um, like a internal like coffee maker. I don't know why I would need that, but just thinking, brainstorming here, uh-huh. or like a diagnostic like printout of like, okay, beep boop, beep boop, what's wrong? Super robotic. <laughs> Can you do that noise again? <laughs> beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, boop. And Anna's turning into a all, robot. All things that are like all for me, right? Like, yeah, but but his answer was so like for someone else to like basically not feel pain. Yeah. His grandfather, like, yeah. oh man, uh, like, yeah, super sweet, super sweet. Yep. Wait, didn't he also say something about knees? Yes. Yeah. He said he has terrible knees. So yeah. If you can figure out the knee issue, that'd be great. The yeah. knee yeah. issue. He had two. <laughs> two That's answers. what I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, he is super thoughtful for yeah, sure. Yeah. I was like, man. I know. So nice. What do you well, got? Amy? Yeah. What do you got? So I feel like we had a question like this um, a while ago. Did we? I Some, think when um, something. Tiffany Jenkins was on. It was something like that. If you would add a feature or something. Yeah. Oh, shit. But, but that's okay. No, no, no. It's, it's because fine. I think this is different. But I have to say, since that, um, since that question was mm-hmm. asked, and Anna, you answered something about n- not having or, or not needing to sleep. Oh, Like okay. you wished that that was something that the human uh. body... I've been obsessed with your answer. Really? Yep. I've even talked to my kids quite a bit about it. And, <laughs> really? and this is the first I'm hearing about this. I know, right. no, I know. But I got I, now I get the opportunity to tell you because oh. I thought that answer was so awesome. And I kept telling me more. Like, I know. <laughs> she's been she's been uh, gunning for it. I, I, I have and I've been thinking like You could get gosh, so much done, right? Anna's so right. <laughs> yeah. And so Just I got telling say, me that. Yeah. That's right. Anna's I got so right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to send you text messages and say, yes. Anna, you're so right. Yes. Yeah. So oh, okay. I got to say. I'm like, like beaming. Yeah. yeah. I got to say that's what I would go for is this. No sleep? Human body 2.0. If I could have a switch where it'd be uh. like, okay, I don't have to sleep and I can just work. And I mean, sometimes I really do enjoy sleeping yeah. and I enjoy dreaming and I think there's beneficial, mm-hmm. you know, things to knowing what I dreamt. <laughs> but... For the most part, if I could be like, nope, I'm going into no need to sleep mode, that's what I would do. Wow. Okay. Love it. Right? Okay. Thanks, Anna. Yeah. What about you, Um, Erin? I would 2.0 version of the human body that there would be a way that we could use the entire capacity of the brain. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. So, can you imagine? Whoa, hey. that's uh, that's really something there, Aaron. Yes. Wow, <laughs> we got some good answers here. <laughs> yeah. I'm really impressed with you guys. Hey. It's good. Uh, it's, you know who good. I was impressed with was Ben Higgins. Mm. Yeah, I was. I'll be honest that I, I think I told him a little bit that I was very, very skeptical and eye rolly. I didn't say well, that to him. Yeah, and Anna, you started talking about this because yeah. yeah so like, what we didn't before say before the episode. Yeah, I was like that before the episode. Say. You know, I was like. Me and Amy are super fans Obsessed. of the of Bachelor Nation. Love, love it. Hashtag yeah. Bachelor I mean, I, Nation. When we decided this, or he decided to come on the podcast, and then <laughs> these fools were so excited. And I was like, we're like Ben Higgins, it's the like most so beloved Bachelor <laughs> of all time. And Erin, even right now, she's shaking her head, Shake, rolling her rolling eyes. eyes. Kind of how I feel about those high fives. This, 
<laughs> we all have our hey, things. Hey, yeah, hey, we yeah. all have our things. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But I I mean, I was so pumped that we were oh, getting yeah. Ben that Ben was yeah. agreed to come on the, oh on my the podcast. And then and he was so thoughtful and kind and So what did you think he was going to be like? I just I had no idea. I think Okay. I, I think what did you I think? used to watch a bachelor a long time ago and then I just could not handle the drama of it. That's why I stopped watching it. Like and what so, what about the drama of the bachelor? It's just too much. <laughs> There's drama? <laughs> <laughs> too much going on and then like what is it the most dramatic season of all every, uh, every episode every every, every season oh, yeah and so is it just too stressful you said it was, i get like so into it yeah and then i can't handle because i, I but does your, does your like therapy me. brain go to like um yeah. you've got serious issues well i just can't yeah too far down the rabbit hole of yeah therapist. yeah so you, did you think he was going to be like... Wait, wait, I Anna, what do you do. love about The Bachelor? Yeah. Okay, so, well, I hate the first episode of every single season, the like intro thing. Why don't thing. you skip it? I guess I could. Okay. But, yeah, that's the one that I... Yeah, see, I Amy's like, well, you can't really. It's and that's the weird. thing. It's like... <laughs> right. Oh, you can't really. You can't it's really. True. It's like the laying the foundation episode. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, and and the, the like initial... casting, the cast, like the um, personas are identified. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, it really lays the groundwork. So, yeah. but that's my least favorite of the entire season. Yeah, um, I really like the like fantasy of it. Yes, and like just like oh, this is like the ideal love situation, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know it's totally fantasy, whatever, mm-hmm. but. And even my mom, she's like, that's so not real life. And I was like, that's exactly right. It's yeah. not. That is the yeah. point. Like, right. I'm like, it's just so stupid. Like, nobody's freaking going on freaking helicopter airplane rides. They like, do right. really do cool stuff. They do. Yeah. They do amazing stuff. Yeah. I think it's like, it's like, I love love. And I am a real sucker for, like, all that cheesy stuff. Like, mm-hmm. the worst rated rom-coms, sign me up. <laughs> I love watching that do stuff. you have one? The worst rated ones? Yeah. Oh, but you're I like, mean, uh, this is ridiculous. Well, my go-to movie is Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, really? I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't it's think I so have either. It's so good. But, I mean, some people hate it. Yeah. I don't care. Right. But that's my thing. Like, And Bachelor, I mean, I was pregnant with my first kiddo when I started watching The Bachelor. Yeah. I've only missed one season since. Oh. And um, just got to say, like, it... You can't take that stuff seriously. Yeah, you just can't read but into it, it too is, much. No, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. If you're a sucker for love, but yeah, if you're a sucker for love, if you're not huh? Aaron, maybe you want. You want to like it? Oh my! <laughs> Someone doesn't like love. Not pointing any fingers. Do you want to know what I watch when I want like total stupid guilty yeah. pleasure? Just like numb Adam, the brain. Yeah, Adam mm-hmm. Sandler movies. Hands oh. down. I'm like, this is, let's just Happy watch some stupid ass shit. Or Wayans Brothers. I would much rather watch Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Just, I can't, I don't know, Adam Sandler, sometimes he does those voices yeah. that I'm like, ah, that just hurts mm. my ears. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think he's so funny. <laughs> it's just like a stupid, like, oh, I, I can't no even thinking. get the words right start singing just because. <laughs> Poke on the buttons. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, th- no, you no, would. no thinking involved here. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. 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 Yep. Oh. Yeah, but it's good because it's like there's the you know the bachelor comes off as I mean to so many people it's like just fun you know just fun viewing yeah, whatever right. it's but I was really struck by how Ben Higgins was really a legit 
like deep deep thinker or you <laughs> yeah, know like yeah. he had he has a lot to say yeah and a solid human being yeah I thought, he's a good person yeah i thought that uh this is totally my stereotype and whatever but i was like this guy's gonna be such a douche <laughs> that's what i was thinking and he was uh the most thought and i was like he was like the most thoughtful kind oh, yeah. dude mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're like see it, told you Aaron. i know totally and it's like but <laughs> he's I was, like, wonderful really, i felt like real open-hearted after the interview and i'm like he's a lovely human being and he's I'm just like, such wow, a good guy okay. well now i know then uh stereotypes uh Jeez, not always that accurate. means it's a jerk Aaron. i know so not thoughtful <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to watch The Bachelor now? No. You know what's even better than The Bachelor? Like, Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, it's so funny. Because it's like all the juicy bits. I know. It gets scandalous I way know. quicker. This is, this is why I didn't want to have The Bachelor on, because when we get caught talking about The Bachelor, we're 20 No, we're going to go deep <laughs> okay. soon. I'm sure of yeah. it. But, I yeah. mean, I'm sure, I'm sure of it. <laughs> but, yeah, Bachelor in Paradise, it's like. I'm hoping. Let's get, let's get all the, like, juicy bits. Like, let's get the drama. It just, like, starts fast. It's uh, like they just stir that shit up. I, I love, I, I like, and they don't do that uh, first night, you know, right. like, rose right. or whatever. Right, thing. let's weed through 25 contestants. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's always someone with a chicken or some weird animal the first oh, night. Oh, totally. Yeah, Aaron's For like real. what? Right. It's true. There's always some odd, I know, odd, odd one. Okay. You know what I think is funny? One time, so my sister knows that she that I'm super into it, mm-hmm. and then there was like a few seasons ago where she was like, "I can't do it anymore. I'm done." <laughs> and I was like, "What? Fine." But I feel like there are <laughs> there are those people that it's like, no, just mm-hmm. cannot. Kind of like you, Aaron. Just can't. I can't. Can't go there. Nope. Can't do it. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. that's cool. Game of Thrones is more your thing, oh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do, what do you like about Game of Thrones? Uh, I love that time this period. This is now a TV podcast. Okay. I, I know, right? <laughs> I love that time that time period one. I okay. would watch all castle medieval movies. Would you oh, really? do you wish you lived to that? No. Women treated terribly. Oh, oh, the condition. What, oh, you like no. the outfits? You're just like <laughs> no, the fashion? I just, I just like Aaron the fashion. Aaron loves the fashions. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Moving on. And the character development in Game of Thrones, they go very deep with how each character is, and I like that oh. a lot. And is the... Jason Momoa in that? Uh-huh. Oh, he's so fine. He's a, a he good is looking man. Hell, yeah. Well, oh, my gosh. Amy, you don't know who this guy is? Are you kidding me? Nope. I gotta have... say, not my strength. He's literally the hottest. He's literally the hottest human in the entire world. That's what this is, like, totally. Do you agree, Aaron? Is he the hottest human in the world? I don't know about hot, but he's a good-looking man. He's the hottest human in the entire world. Says Anna. Says Anna. Okay, so. Okay, so. She's getting out this picture of Jason Momoa, and, uh, and then we're going to move on to some questions. So hot, right? Yeah. Hot, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not a good picture of Amanda. Kind of. <laughs> we got some insight into Anna's world just now. <laughs> Werewolfy in that. <laughs> well, well uh, speaking of, I also like. Oh boy. Um, uh, Joe Magniello, Maganello nah, in in True Blood. Yeah, I'm not quite familiar with that well, name me, either, but no, I no, do like that show. This True is Blood. an audio podcast. <laughs> well, people know who Jason Momoa and Joe Maganello is. Well, they can't see you looking it up on well, your phone know. to show Amy pictures. <laughs> right? This is true. 
Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe you can invite them on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Get them as guests on the podcast. Yes. Right. And I saw a picture. You're uh, the most beloved person. <laughs> of the Game you're, of Thrones. Yeah. you're the hottest one ever. You're the hottest human in the entire world. Can you come on so our podcast? So can you come, please? Yeah. In studio oh, would go, be Amy. best. Here we go, Amy. <laughs> this is uh, Jason Momoa in Game of Thrones. Oh yes. Okay. So, right here. Right. Yep. Okay. All right. So, so uh, moving on. TV personalities are one thing when they're on the show, and then you talk to them live in mm-hmm. for the podcast, and man, we just see a whole different side. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that just goes to, like, the editing, and, yeah. you know, like, the producers and the production team, ha- they have their own agenda of, mm-hmm. like, building these stories around right. these different quote-unquote characters. Like, yep. They're not, like, their goal isn't to be like, I'm going to prove what a wonderful person this is. Obviously, everyone who goes on TV hopes that that is how they'll be edited. But, like, I mean, Amy, you even talked about how you were like, I can't believe, you know, when Ben There was always a villain. Yeah. There's always a villain. Who's ready for some intriguing flavors of tea? I am... And I hope you are too. So check out techotea.us. That's T-E-K-O-T-E-A dot U-S. And I will tell you, there are wild picked Icelandic herbs blended with delicious green and black teas. So check it out, techotea.us. You want to get out of debt? I can help you get out of debt so fast. So get yourself hooked up with the debt-free roadmap and it will walk you through all the steps. I want to help you get to where you want to be. Debtfreeroadmap.com. Clean what you can. You'll find products and services that will help you, one, identify your top five values, two, give you direction in life, and three, clean, keep things tidy and purified, namely air and water. So check it out. Cleanwhatyoucan.com. Hey, Anna. Yeah? You know Aaron's a pretty badass therapist, uh, right? I totally know. I just like take notes when she's talking. Me too. <laughs> Some of our audience does as well. Uh-huh. So did you know that there's also a place that you can get information directly from her? On her website, right? Yeah. And didn't you do it? Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah, so there's all these free workshops that they're offering. And at thekaliinstitute.com, you can sign up for those. K-A-L-I is how you spell Kali. And then institute, thekaliinstitute.com. Get it done. But so let's talk about, though, what did we get out of that? I mean, like, what did we see from Ben Higgins on on last episode? I mean, we saw a whole different side, I thought. Oh, totally. And so we have some questions here. Uh, let's kick that off there. Let's, let's kick it off. So, <laughs> no. so he talked about a lot about um, when he was, was he 24 and he was mm-hmm. working at this place and his marketing director said that he was the most boring human oh. ever. Which or, sad. Sad. or sad. Or sad. sad. sad the saddest. Yeah. Saddest human ever. And know, so heartbreak. That I'm was curious. so relatable. How so? Well, I mean, I just remember when I worked in an office and it was just like, just soul crushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> hashtag crushed soul. <laughs> it's just like you know what I, I'm working here. I'm wearing my Gap clothes and I'm going home. And I made my lunch and here we go back. Here we go again. <laughs> but and I think for for Ben it really sounded like he had 
uprooted himself from home and familiarity, brought himself to this new place, got a new job. He was in a new state. He was away from Indiana, which has really had so much of his identity. Yeah. And then, yeah. And as an only child and being super close to his parents. Yeah. Totally different life. times in your life that you've shaken (laughs) that life up a bit, and then ultimately ended up being the best thing for you. Good focus, Mm -hmm. Aaron. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Erin, mm-hmm. has that happened to you before? Have you ever shaken life up a bit? Uh, I think, yes. So, I talked about this in a previous season, but I uh, was 23, and I um, decided I need to, I, I talked about this when we talked about the religion stuff, but, um, mm-hmm. and I was event session volunteer in Liverpool in England, and so... And I lived there for the year. And I wait think, a what volunteer? Uh, Vincentian volunteer. Vincentian. Yeah. What's so it's that like mean? The Vincentian, or uh, this is when I we used to go to church, but um, Catholic. Catholic. Yep. And so it sounds very Catholic. Uh, yeah. So Saint Vincent. And oh then, yeah, yeah. And oh a, sure. The order okay. of nuns that ran the program, um, and they actually have one in Denver too, which my sister did. Saint Vincent's uh, de Paul. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, lots of yeah. So, um, yeah, and I think that that was I'd never been to. I lived in Pennsylvania, but I had never been to New York City before I had to get my visa to go to London. And then I landed in London and I got off the plane. And this is like before phones really so i'm in cell phones uh, yeah, cell phones <laughs> not not like, like it before I, alexander right. graham bell <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a really I, long time uh, ago <laughs> i'm gonna be 40 though so um, you're like really old <laughs> you're older than me i know <laughs> so uh so i got off the plane and then they gave a sheet of directions about how to get to this um place map quest so no, no map, yeah, no, not even <laughs> before like, MapQuest. Before MapQuest, and oh. so they just had directions, and like you need to take this bus line, you did a uh, bus line, you need to take this tube thing, and I had like all my luggage, and I had no idea where I was going, and it was wow. this most like terrifying and profound sense of freedom I've ever had in my mm-hmm. life. And I'm like, oh, I have to figure it out, and then like people in big cities aren't necessarily wanting to help you or super friendly and so people were like why do you have all that stuff like whatever and then and then I ended up finding my way and then I get to the door and I knock on it's like this huge convent and I like knock on the door and I I'm here to join yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. so, I'm your newest hey. nun hey <laughs> Sister Pauline answers the door, who was the coordinator of the whole program, and she was like, if you think of, like, the most stereotypical nun that could come from England ever, it was this woman. She was very, very kind and loving, but very, like, stoic Mm. and standoffish, and I hugged that woman so big when I came in, and she was like, girl, high five. Yeah, I'm so happy to see you. So I finally got there, and um, I remember that I had all my stuff, and I had to switch to a tube, and so, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to England, and they always mm-hmm. say, mind the gap, mind the gap, mind the gap. And I didn't mind the gap, and I had a bag on my front and a bag on my back, and I literally did not mind the gap. And I tripped over the thing and <laughs> fell straight forward and did, like, a dive onto my luggage, and I couldn't get up because my side so much stuff on me. No one helped me, and people just, like, looked. And I'm like, because oh, that sure would have been a video if people had cameras on their phones then. Um, so I guess that's it for me. Mm. That's the, That shook my life up and gave me a different trajectory. Uh, of things really like what uh, so where were you headed and then where were you headed i just didn't it just <laughs> gave me more perspective of it was right around when um i think we had just 
all the Iraq stuff was happening because it was right after um, the Iraq War. Yes, mm. um, right after nine eleven happened, and so it was very very interesting to see. Uh, Wait, not the Iraq War then. Well, then two thousand two or two thousand one. 2002? Oh, 2001. 2002, was. But I went 2003, so all that mm. stuff was oh, like, like you built, okay. all the golf was building steam. And so it was really interesting. I remember coming home one night on a bus, and this guy heard my voice, and he just laid into me about uh, the United States, and all. And I was just like, ugh. And I, so I had never been in that position before, which was really, really good for me to, uh, to just feel and experience but it was like a very new and to hear like to listen to the bbc and what they had to say about what was going on Mm -hmm. and different Mm -hmm. opinions and like uh that were very different because i was grew up in a bubble pretty much in uh in my town in pennsylvania and so it was really good for me to get my eyes wide open Mm so Mm -hmm. um yeah so and it, and travel. Uh, yeah, it's such travel. A, oh my god! So it's good. so good. Yeah. And then then we had one volunteer that was from Indonesia, and she uh, kind of had a meltdown at the beginning of. I don't know if I told this story before, but she kind of had a meltdown at the beginning of the program, and she went to Sister Pauline, and she's like, "I cannot do this." And Sister Pauline was like, "Why can't you do this?" She's like, "These people are not poor because Indonesia there's a lot of like very mm. impoverished people." And she's like, I, "These people are not poor." And she was like, "People are spiritually poor here, and this is mm. like what you're doing." And it changed her entire frame mm. of mind. But that has always stuck with me because I was like, "Oh, like people have a lot of stuff, relatively a lot of stuff, but in terms of like uh, what's happening inside of them is in a different mm. is a different thing." So. Um, there was just a lot of mm. different nuggets uh, to see. And I joined, oh, I don't, one more thing, is I joined <laughs> this um, walking club. What do they call it? And it was me and Silver Sneakers? Something like that. Silver <laughs> Sneakers. But they would go to all these areas where, uh, Rambling Club, that's what they, they go to all these areas and they were all over 55. And so I hung out with all these 55 <laughs> year olds in the city of Liverpool. <laughs> totally we, Silver Sneakers. <laughs> so <we go> <laughs> totally. Nine pounds and you got to, they got you on a chartered bus and then they take you and they guide you through a trip and then you'd like stop at a pub and cool. eat lunch and then you'd get wow. back on the bus and they take you. And so it was For just nine, nine pounds. pounds. Yeah, it was amazing. But wow. it was super, it was a great experience because I saw some, uh, uh, really cool stuff. So, did you make some connections with some of those folks you rambled with? Uh, I did not, but but I learned about bogs. I don't know about bogs. They were like, you need to be careful because you can fall in the bog. And bogs like, are amazing. What is but a bog? bog? I don't know what it's. Oh exactly, no! It's, but you fall in. So a bog is like uh, like a swamp, kind of a swamp. But bogs have um, peat moss. Yeah. So okay. peat moss is a like a a really dense. Um, plant that's been decomposed and it's been so submerged in water that um, it just is like layer upon layer yeah. of plant and it looks mass. like, like <clears throat> the, ground. the ground. Yeah, and you then can't people step and then you yeah. like fall in. Oh and then, shit! Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because there's a significant amount of water with the oh. yeah with the but then, but then surprise. Yeah. But that's where like bug. Yeah. but peat moss like a lot of people use that for gardening mm. right and so. <laughs> um, but bogs are really important to yes. the ecology. Eco, yes, good. Mm-hmm. It's right there. Wow. But wow. the but so the information knowledge corner. Good. <laughs> but we got to like walk around like the where the Bronte sisters lived and like it was like really like mm. super cool. It was just a, it was there was lots of uh, lots of interesting mm. experiences. So. I have to tell you a story about the tube. Okay. Okay. So sure. last fall, um, 
okay, my mom's lifelong dream has been to see the Eiffel Tower. And I'm like, we got to get your ass to freaking Paris, mom. I didn't say it that way. <laughs> your mom would have loved it if you did. <laughs> loved it. But that was essentially it. I'm paraphrasing. Um, so I ended up convincing my parents to go to Paris with us. And... We're all on the tube in Paris, and we needed to get out at this certain stop, and none of us speak French. <laughs> I don't know if I told you guys that, no. but we don't. And we're at the, like, the back of the like train, and we're like, oh, shit, we got to get out. But it was like packed, and the door didn't open automatically. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> my mom, she goes, English, English. <laughs> like, we just started, like, what? Like, she's our interpreter. <laughs> it was so funny. Maybe you had to be there. But, like. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but then, like, these French people just were, like, they just said push. Like, basically push through. Oh. Anyway, it was hilarious, and like I continually give my mom shit about it because she was just like, "English, English." <laughs> it was so like Midwestern. Right. Anyway, she saw the Eiffel Tower. Lifelong dream achieved. Yeah, uh, that was a, a super funny tube story. Was this what's yours? Oh, my uh, lifelong or no shaking life up thing. Yeah. Well, I was thinking I have a whole bunch of them. Um, definitely traveling is right up there with shaking life up mm-hmm. um, and being on TV like Ben Higgins. <laughs> that always shakes my life up. Uh-huh. Um, but really, I think probably one of the biggest things that shook my life up is um, I can't help but think about all the times that I've had in my life where I'm like, oh, I don't want this to happen. And looking back, it's like it ended up being the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Mm. Like um, when I was in high school, I was at this humongous high school on the East Coast. And my family right before my junior year said, oh, yeah, we're going to moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, and I was like, where what? Like, record scratch, where? You know, <laughs> I'm like, hell no. Anyway, I go from being, like, um, super quiet, shy kid, you know, eating lunch in the bathroom, like I've talked about, uh-huh. to being, like, the big fish in the small sea in Nebraska. Yeah. It was so great, and it's... Homecoming but, queen. Hey, what's up? Uh-huh. And But, like, I ended up... It ended up being the best thing ever, but at the time, I was like... This is not good. This is horrible. What the hell are we doing? Like, I remember we <laughs> drove into Lincoln, Nebraska, and I was crying my eyes out. <laughs> like, what the hell is this place? Yeah. <laughs> like, we all know. And it ended up being so great. So, and then, like, another instance where I didn't get what I wanted, thank God, is, like, marrying um, my old boyfriend of six and a half years. I really wanted to marry him. And I'm like, thank God that did not happen. No offense. If you're you're listening, you know who you are. (laughs) But like, um, you know, it's just the times where I didn't get what I think I wanted at the time. Those are the things that really shake my life up. And I look back and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm glad I didn't get what I wanted. So... Yeah. Garth Brooks got a song about that. Oh, really? Unanswered prayers. Oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> hashtag unanswered prayers. <laughs> yep. That's so. I what wish I knew great. the words because I bust That's out. That's all you got. Me. I, I was waiting that. for it. I know we got a little snippet though. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Amy? Well, I got to say the thing I am the most struck by about this um, conversation is that <clears throat> how amazing it is. Totally. <laughs> 
No, more that it's like there are things like for Ben Higgins, it was his boss or his oh. marketing person yeah. that mm-hmm. kind of pushed him into it. Coworker, yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, Anna, like things like some, some, I don't know if it's and like, like an a external. person or an external or right. something causes something for life to get shaken up. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's interesting for me to look at. So there have been a bunch of times in my life where life has been really kind of turned upside down, I guess. Um, and I think the most, I mean, definitely there's travel in there. You know, I went to, I graduated high school from a uh, high school in Minnesota, and then I started college in Oregon, and that was a big shakeup for me, but that was, like, totally intentional, and I drove the boat on that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, while I was at that school, I traveled overseas to China, and that was back in 1997. <laughs> and, yeah, so that was a while ago. And uh, China was very different than what it is today back then. And that was a big shakeup because I had never been um, so much the minority in, and like just so, it was just so different. Mm -hmm. And that was really good. That was a big shakeup for me. I I grew a lot from that and had, you know, new appreciation for a whole bunch of different things Mm -hmm. from that. And then, um, you know, I, there's just been a lot. So then, my next biggest shakeup was definitely when my um, serious boyfriend at the time was in that really bad ski mm-hmm. accident and, and nearly died a number of times. And, you know, just um, there was so much there that was totally out of my control. But my life, com- I mean, I had it was just completely unexpected and um, and really tragic. But. And also, like, what came from that, I could have never, you know, um, expected. But in the end, you know, I didn't end up getting married to him um, like had been planned. And, you know, it just took my life. I ended up moving from Connecticut back to Minnesota. And, you know, I thought I was going to go into nursing after that after that hmm. accident. I don't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah, I had applied <laughs> to some nursing schools and... Um, but then ended up like going into education, which I had originally thought. So anyway, there was just like so many things. And then, you know, most recently going through a divorce where again, um, you know, I think it had it been up to me, I would have, I would have tried to work at that relationship until I died, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, but thankfully that wasn't, you know, the same um, perspective that, um, my then husband had. And so, um, the divorce process was initiated and I'm super grateful that it was because, um, my life has gone in a completely different direction and one that just feels so much better internally for me, you know, like, you know, we've talked a lot about this values (laughs) thing and just the difference of, values and principles that I find important versus what he finds important. So different. Like Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's been such a huge opportunity to reconnect with myself Mm -hmm. and reconnect with what I see as my truth and to push me, you Mm -hmm. know, like it has totally pushed me outside my comfort zone, but, um, really has just pushed me right towards myself and my spirituality oh. and pushed me um, in ways that, 
Yeah, it was you like... You didn't want. I didn't want. But yeah. now I'm like, thank God, mm-hmm. you know? So this moving into the next question yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. segue. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so how have you built relationships with yourself? Because mm-hmm. Ben talked about that. Yeah. And he talked about creating an honest narrative, which mm-hmm. was often different than the story that he was telling himself. Mm-hmm. So... Well, so I would have to say a couple things. Like that that really struck that really stood out to me when mm-hmm. Ben was talking about that. Like what is the story that you tell yourself? Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy when you figure out what that story is and you've yeah. been telling the story and you're like, I can't believe I've been believe- I think that's yeah. st- I think that's when I was talking about England, I that's yeah. I was like, Oh, this is a story that we're told growing up and yes. then you go somewhere else and that's why travel is so amazing mm-hmm. because it's like, Oh, yeah. other people are not happy about this or other people have a very different perspective and it's that's so, so, so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a couple a couple thoughts. I read this book. It's called Unfuck Your Brain by <laughs> Faith G. Harper. And that book was all about like, um, I mean, it is, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But she talked a lot about how like everybody walks around in this world with their own perspective on life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is yours to have. Like other people mm-hmm. are going to have a completely different perspective. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of my um, divorce, for example, you know, or any relationship ending for that matter, it's like I'm going to have my perspective and that other person is going to have theirs. And yep. it's like, fine, like that Godspeed, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> like whatever, you know, I I have my my story and, and they have theirs. And I think that um, – it's interesting. Is it really about like being honest or is it really about taking this different perspective from you probably know about this, but there's something about like the victim something or other. It's like there's an opposite of victim victimizing. Yes. Yeah. And so if you the opposite of victiming that if you're martyr and perpetrator, mm, it's a trial that maybe, but it like the, yeah. And they, but there's a reflective. So like the opposite of victimizing is challenging. Do you know what I'm talking about? Hmm. Keep going. So, so if you're kind of in an unhealthy place, you're victimizing, you're being a victim. Mm-hmm. If you are healthy, you see that, that really you're not necessarily a victim, but you're challenging mm. the situation mm-hmm. or you're a challenger mm-hmm. rather mm. than a victim. Anyway, doing great. My the whole thing for not the whole thing. What the hell? But um, (laughs) I think for me, it's like scratch that. Yeah, scratch that. (laughs) Um, So the honest narrative for me really has come with. um, You sound sick. I know, don't I? Hmm. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one on the recording. (laughs) Don't didn't mean to interrupt you. (laughs) Yes. So. Honest narrative. I do think that I can tell myself a bunch of different stories. And I have to be able to sit with myself to feel how those stories resonate. And then I can either, you know, feel like a victim yeah. or I can feel like a challenger. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, those two feel very different. Very different. And so... What do they feel like in your body? Um... I mean, I, there is something that comes, when I tell my story, when I tell my story to myself where I am more of a victim, I get real small. Mm-hmm. And then I get um, real, like, just sad and, you know, like, my body feels 
um, powerless Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, yucky, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, but a challenger, I can sit up straight, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, okay, like, Mm -hmm. yep, I am challenging. Yep. This situation or, you know, whatever. And it just feels more, um, I don't know, like I can, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Feels stronger. Feels mm-hmm. so. Anyway, but I do have to say. So there is also another reference is Super Soul Conversations mm. with Oprah. She I talked. Love them oh so my gosh, much. I know. And the one that was recorded on December seventeenth, twenty nineteen, is with Oprah and Joel Osteen. And the title mm. of it is "I Am." Life is how you see it. Mm. And they talk about these mm. "I am" statements. I listened to that. Did you? Yeah. Mm. I love it, I and I think it, it totally ties into my like my friend Amber. Uh, you're hearing this; she's the one that sent it to me, so oh. she's going to appreciate that. Oh yeah. yeah, but I think it totally ties into this honest narrative. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yes, there are stories, yes, there are perspectives, and they're all different. And like ultimately, you know, I'm going to have whatever perspective I have, but but where do I have control in that mm-hmm. perspective? And mm-hmm. for me, I think a lot of it has to do with these I am statements, mm-hmm. and it's like once I get quiet. Mm-hmm. And I meditate or I journal or I talk to close friends or whatever that is, you know, I can then know, I can listen to who I am, what values I have, what principles I have. And then it's I like think... like a recentering. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Recentering, which then I can focus on what kind of I am statement I have, which then I think translates into my narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great what i got i like it what do you think um well, therapist <laughs> when you were talking about whether the internal process of feeling small or being able to sit up straight mm. i was thinking about a lot of times when i'm stuck in my own uh perspective that is kind of i don't want to say delusional but is like off in some way i'll get in this battle where i'm like fighting myself and so it's this like feels like this internal battle of like all this chaos happening and then all of a sudden the some sort of like piece of truth comes from something I read or someone I'm talking to, or uh, if I'm in therapy or something and it like drops in and it, while it might not be the thing that I want to hear, it's like the, the truth, it feels way better because then you can, then you know what to do with it and then you can move forward. Hmm. But the part I get caught, the biggest thing is, is that when I can stop that fight against myself um, has been one of the things for me. And I think uh, in terms of retelling my narrative. Um, and I think just owning, really working on owning all the parts of ourselves. And so all the parts of myself, I should say. And so I think that is super, super valuable and really, really important is to own all parts of yourself. Cause none of the parts of us are, they're all there for a reason. And none of the parts of ourselves are, uh, bad, so to say, like they might not serve a purpose, you know? Um, like in my family, right? So like um, in my family, if I, I'm the youngest of five, and so I really uh, enjoy being entertaining or funny or whatever and taking playing that role. But for a long time until I figured that out, like when I was playing that role in my family, it was because something about me was like unresolved and I was feeling hurt and small internally. And so I'd bring in this like as a defense to like get people to get the uh, attention away from what's actually happening. Um, and when I realized, I'm like, why does it feel so bad to be, like, I like to be, like, like I like to be in my funny self. Um, 
And why does that feel so bad? And so the reason it felt so bad is because it was covering up this real wounded mm. part. And so I was like, oh, like, I just need to acknowledge that. Is this making sense? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I need yeah, to yeah. acknowledge that. And then I can still play that role as long as it's not covering up something. Mm. And so like, yeah. then I can engage in people in a, in a way that feels comfortable. Um, and so I think that's also... Uh, building a relationship with myself. And then the other things, I think that running has been a huge part of that. Like when I spend hours and hours and hours by myself on the trail, I remember <laughs> when I first started uh, running, I'd listen to Brene Brown books. And if I was going for like a four hour Did run. Did you hear her? She has a podcast. I'm so stoked about that. Yes. I didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. she has a podcast in April. Oh. We're super, well, when this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll get to that. And so... But the, it's already like the top, the top of the chart. Yeah, I'm sure oh yeah, of course, yeah. of course. But I'd listen to Brene Brown like I'd listen to her book, which is four hours of the book is, and I would be destroyed afterwards. I'm like, oh my god, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you know, running takes away all those filters. So how, running has helped a lot, um, and my how my relationship with running has really really been a f- reflective of how what's happening internally with me, um, and that's been good. And then of course I've done a ton of therapy and energy work and all sorts of healing things. Um, and so I think it's just, uh, yeah, just it's important to, if something, and, and being tapped into my intuition is super important. Mm-hmm. And if something feels off, although I may not know what it is, to just kind of be open and curious and, and give space for the thing to pop up. I had a woman that I used to work with. She was this intuitive lady that I feel like she was tuned directly into whatever is bigger than us. And so I'd always like <laughs> ask her to direct questions, like, tell me this or tell <laughs> me that. And then, uh, and she'd be like, I can't tell you this because it's on sacred ground. And, and so it's like this concept of like that something is like brewing internally in you. And so you need to just wait till it like percolates and it's like finds all the things that mm-hmm. it needs to like grow, but you can't tap into it before you're ready or before it's like ready to come out. And so mm-hmm. you just need to be patient <clears throat> with it while this thing like, uh, takes roots and grows. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think those are all the things. But yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I have a I whole sheet of notes. Yeah. I'm like, I know. Wow. I mean, so like be, the honest narrative and the story um, he was telling himself, like, you know, going off of those ideas. Like, I remember, like, I've talked about how I grew up shy and being told I was shy and, oh, you're so quiet. And then, like, realizing as an adult that that story that I was told isn't yeah. necessarily yeah, my truth. That and happened so much with It children. was like... So yeah. much. It was like, wait a minute. I just... No, I had anxiety. Yes. Like, and I was paralyzed by that anxiety. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm shy. Like, I definitely feel introverted. But just owning the truth of my story and realizing that what I had been told my entire life was not actually my reality... Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. the same thing happened with, like, my religion, growing up Catholic and being told this is the way things were. And then, yeah. like, coming to um, a different truth for myself about that situation and realizing that that's not something that I really resonate with on a spiritual level. Um, so just, like, finding the truth by um, being okay with finding the truth, I think, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and saying, mm-hmm. like, so you're ready for it. <clears throat> yeah, you have to yeah. be ready yeah. for it. Um, and and honest. Yes. Yeah, so true. And then... Um, Wait, can I just say one other yeah. thing about the kid thing? Yeah. Kids are who they are told they are. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that is something... Whenever I hear a parent saying like, oh, so-and-so is naughty, or oh, they're just so annoying, or oh, they, you know, whatever it is, like they're... 
um, I mean, they, it's like, yeah. Have you heard that thing? Especially when you would tell them that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you heard the thing like the parent's voice becomes the kid's internal voice? Absolutely, it does. Totally believe that. That critical voice that everyone's got in their head came from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also thinking about... It's not always from parents, but it could could be... Yes. Okay. Um, The story, talking about the stories that we tell ourselves, like thinking about this idea that other people's experience of me and the story that they have of me and how they experience me is not necessarily what I would want them to have, Mm -hmm. or it might be, um, but Mm -hmm. they could have a whole story about me and their experience with me that literally is all their own Mm -hmm. and not based in reality. So just thinking about that whole idea. not based in your reality. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is like that perspective thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, it's like just such a mind F to like realize like... yes. Uh, like, oh man, their their situation and how they're seeing me isn't my truth. And being like, that's their thing. Um, okay, and then, oh, when I stopped drinking, like mm-hmm. 13 years ago, I remember going to the library and just trying to figure out what I actually liked. One second. So it was like this idea of, who am I actually? What do I like? What do I want my life to look like? Let me just explore all these different things. I remember having, you know, books on knitting and freaking every single random thing mm-hmm. just to figure out what it is I actually like and try to find myself. Um, so, Is there anything that you discovered that wasn't what you thought it was going to be? Like that you really are a professional knitter? Oh, no. <laughs> I've realized it just because of my whole go big or go home thing, right. everybody got scarves that year, and I totally <laughs> fucked up my fingers. Oh, I, no. Oh, yeah. I just knit. Like, I don't just kind of do things, you know? <laughs> so it's like I just jacked up my fingers. True. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to start walking, and I'm like, I'll just do two laps around the park. I'm doing freaking seven miles yeah. now. <laughs> what the hell? I got blisters on the bottom of my feet. We were at coffee the other morning and Amy's like, because you were talking and Anna says, yeah, I did six miles. And Amy was like, wait, what? You were doing two and now you're doing six. Yeah. And it was just like, that's just how I'm wired. It really is. Yeah. And, and just coming to terms with, I mean, yeah. talking about the stories that we tell ourselves, it's just like, Wow, this is just how I am. Like I, don't I know do moderation. I, moderation is not my thing. It's not my at thing either. All. So then, where does it come into play? Like, is that a story that you tell yourself? It could be. Or is that the reality? Yeah. I mean, I could fight it. I could say, like, you know, I could fight it and be like, I don't want to be so extreme. Or I could just say, this is how I am. This is how I operate. I love the extreme intensity of things. And that's just what I do. And just go into it saying, like, oh, well, shit, I'm going to have to have freaking blisters on my feet because I'm not going to just do two laps or whatever. I'm right. going to do seven. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna totally yeah. destroy my feet. I'm going to knit all the scarves. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to do, like, a... 21 hour 24 hour juice fast i'm gonna do a month which that's why you need to start trail running with me yeah you're perfect channel channel this (laughs) so yeah that's uh, you know and then that's what i got on that and it's like i didn't sign up for a 5k i just went straight to the hundo (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. did i tell you about when i was doing crossfit and i'm like Oh, yeah. You know, like, I was in the training, the, like, preliminary, like, oh, this is how you do 
CrossFit, the, the like, here are the terms and all this. And I literally was like in my first class and I'm like, well, I'm going to do the CrossFit games, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if I'm doing this, let's do this. Like this, we're not just messing around here. We're not. No. Oh, so might as well so get ready funny. for the CrossFit games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've got one whole class under my belt here. Gosh. <laughs> that is um, hilarious. So, it, so possible suggestions. You yeah, go, go ahead. No, go. You go. Well, I was just going to say, um, well, you had brought up, Aaron, before we were talking about this, the importance of silence or stillness. Yes. And whether you're walking for seven miles or running or meditating or journaling or whatever mm-hmm. um, <laughs> walking for seven miles <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's yeah. looking at me what do you think the value is uh i think there's a lot of value in it i think that when we can and i think that stillness and silence isn't necessarily the lack of noise or the lack of chaos outside it's like that uh, that's what I think freedom feels like is when you can still and silence what's happening internally because mm-hmm. there's usually a lot happening within people. I think that's what real stillness and silence are. And so some people need to go in nature and do that. Some people need to meditate and do that. Um, I was trying to find the quote when I was thinking about this beforehand, but if like you're in the middle of Times Square, right, and you can feel like calm and content, like I think you can also be still in those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you learn without having silence or stillness. I was listening to this, um, Cal Newport is the guy who wrote about digital minimalism, Mm. and he talked about we never, in the last seven, eight, or nine years or something, that we haven't had a, we don't have to be bored anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, So um, and and that is when, so he defined that as solitude, if there's not opportunities for solitude anymore, is when we're by ourselves and we're not, processing anything from the external world and we're just within our own self so you can be in a coffee shop or whatever and that we don't have an opportunity to do because we have our phone at hand all the time like if we're waiting in line at the grocery store we can get on our phone or whatever it is and so um, I think that's when the time that you process and figure it out like you're I think that because he was saying we're not any busier than we were 10 years ago. We mm-hmm. just don't have any solitude happening mm. in our life. So it mm. feels like we are, which I think <laughs> that didn't really. Very recommend. interesting. Very, very. It's very. I think that's very, very true for myself, at least. Um, and so I try to put that in intentionally to just have periods, whether I'm like sometimes it's when I'm cooking and I just like to cook without anything or I'll, I'll, I'll do a, like a three hour run with nothing <laughs> um, just to kind of be in my own process. And sometimes it is difficult to be in that space by myself, but I am feel so rested and so rejuvenated afterwards. And so um, I think stillness and solitude and silence have to be a practice of some mm-hmm. sort. So mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. I think. Well, and there's an article here by Mandala Ma- No, that's, sorry. That's the, what the website was. Oh, yeah. okay. And I think the, alta, the article was uh, Ways to Cultivate Stillness. Mm. Yeah, so you can go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, there's just a few. It's by Nicole Cook. Yeah? yeah? Cock. I think it's Cook, actually. <laughs> cock. K-O-C-H. She's no, no, think no. It's cock. No, I'm serious. I think okay, that's how yeah. you say it. I'm not trying to be or dirty. Coke. 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 Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> 
K-O-C-H. So there's debate. Okay, uh, you guys weigh in. Butcher this shit. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Nicole. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. So she's got three, or no, seven. how many? Seven yeah. tips. This is helpful. Um, on how to... Cultivate stillness. Thank you, Erin. Yes. <laughs> Number one, keep it simple. <laughs> For example, clean your desk and create a minim- minimalist desk so you are less distracted and have more focus on what needs to be completed. Number two, breathe. Take moments throughout the day to breathe consciously. Number three, let yourself be. Do not interfere with your experience. Allow yourself to simply be. Absolutely. Number four, work with your inner critic. It is important to learn to work with your inner critic and recognize its messages and effects on your life. Number five, meditate regularly. A regular meditation practice supports freedom, and greater clarity and insight into your own mind and its habitual tendencies. Number six, neutrality. Learn to witness your experience with openness and without being reactive. Number seven, don't attach to the outcome. The less outcome-focused you are, the easier it is to settle into quieter levels of your own mind. Focus on the present and let go of expectations of how things have to turn out. Right. It's good. So good, Nicole. It's okay. good. So the last thing uh, we have on the list is we t- uh, Anna asked Ben if he had a motto for life, um, and he really talked about his faith in that. And so I was curious if we have a motto for life or if we have uh, a word for the year or some people pick words for the year or phrases for the year. And so where are you all with that? Yeah, so like I've mentioned this before, but my motto for life is it – don't take personally. It literally has nothing to do with you. How did you develop that? By reading the four, four agreements. agreements. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. I should probably do that. And it's like one of those things that takes practice. Just being like, you know what? This literally has nothing to do with me. And I'm really, when I talk to people and they're like telling me this different situations or problems and I tell them, like, yeah, that might not have anything to do with you or, you know, that's not something to take personally. That's often, I have found, not very well received. Mm. So it's, like, one of those things, like, you know, has come up during this episode quite a bit of, like, when you're ready to hear it, Mm. you can hear it. But Mm -hmm. until then, (laughs) that's not something that people find necessarily (laughs) productive to hear. They're like, "Mm." I gotta go. Yeah. They're like <laughs> Anna. It does though. Right. This is this is obviously all about me, and it's like oh no. But you know, they're not ready to hear it. I I don't know personally. It's just taken me a lot of time to practice it and just be like, yeah, I, I bet you that has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, for me, it's uh, my phrase for the year of 2020 is to be in love with my life. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yep. so um, good. And I think it's just. Then reflecting what I am going to do differently is that each month I'm going to uh, reflect on what happened in the previous month, mm. like that, uh, how am I embodying this, um, or what can I do to embody this? And so uh, it's been interesting because really, like, if you have a whole year where you're in love with your life, that's a pretty good year. Hell right? yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. I don't know. So imagine if it goals. like extends to the decade. Well, hopefully, right? <laughs> Look at, this be, is why we're friends. 
This is no, life. we're not talking about one year. We're talking about the whole decade. <laughs> That's right. For the rest of my life, my motto for life will be <laughs> the best life love, ever. Yeah, I'm in love with my life. Thank you. But only, really, only the happiest, the case, best life ever. If that was the case, uh, hell then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there so, are people out there. I know that. That's yes. truth. Yeah. That is yes. their truth. True. Yes. Yeah, it's, I saw this it's man possible. on the trail, and he was the nicest, most kind man. And he let me pass, and he was like just full of joy, like Dalai Lama, full of joy. And I'm like, I just want to stand and talk to you, dude. Damn, like, you're a happy, mofo. Yeah, totally. Yes, yeah. totally. That's yeah. awesome. That's what I got. What do you got, Amy? My word is intuition. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, there have been at this point years where I have heard my intuition, but I told it to shut up Mm -hmm. and I ignored it or I tried to acknowledge it and it was kind of squashed or whatever so it is all about intuition right now for me and I think that's that's how you build relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. is that you listen to that voice because then Mm -hmm. we don't leave ourselves and you trust it yeah yeah and I think uh, so what so I ordered you know this workbook and a guidebook on on listening to it so I think um I think the exercises throughout that haven't started yet, but get there. maybe by the time this episode is released, I will have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I do. Um, I'm looking forward to it because I think it'll just give me, like, ta- you yeah. know, tangible exercises on how to, how to really hear it. So. Yeah, good. Takes awesome. practice. Yep. The old practice of remembering. That's right. Yep. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do we have a nugget? Boy, maybe for people just to think about if they have a motto or word. Yeah, they have a word for the year. Yeah. And there's a resource. Uh, her name is Susanna Conway. Mm. And she's, I think she's a life coach and she's based out of, um, we'll put this in the show notes, um, but she's based out of London. And so she puts out this book every year that I get so excited in December to fill out. Um and it's called Unraveling Your Year. So it goes the previous year to the new year. And it's so helpful in terms of just really... Um, thinking about tangibly what happened mm-hmm. in the last decade too for the oh. yeah you know like it's just it's good that's awesome i did that every year um with my my uh ex where it was just a journal but yeah. it, and it was like goal writing for every year and it was, it was so cool to always look back yeah mm. and see what was accomplished a lot of happens in yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it really mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. really does so great exercise totally all right. All right. <laughs> Slam the plane. Here, Land people. it. Coming in. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find more about this episode and a way to connect to the community at lessalonepodcast.com. And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave a review. It helps other people find us and could be just what they need.